This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First World Collectibles, if you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20 to receive 20% off. Go check them out. They got everything from old school comic books to new school comic books. Wrestling memorabilia signed. Sports memorabilia signed. Best thing is they ship worldwide. Even better, they update daily. So please visit them at firstrow.ca. And if you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Silent Hill 2, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Resident Evil, and so many others. Everything you see on their website is available in paperback and ebook format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly and monetarily, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com. Or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. Takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs. Anything you need or want, it is there. But the best thing, the easiest thing, the freest thing to do to support the show each and every week is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. Most specifically, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week I'm joined once again by the boys from Jolly Old England, the ever dapper Max Curtin, <sighs> and the sick freak Jesse Benz. Why? Well, I could be dapper and sick. I'm allowed <laughs> to be the two. They're not mutually exclusive. I think they are. Steve, your level of professionalism is going through the roof that you deal with Jesse's shit being put on screen and you don't crack at all. You like that, don't you? That, I... Uh, yeah. It, it's it's it is. for me. It's years of practice. The anticipation now. is the funniest bit. Just <laughs> it's, what it's gonna be. Of what I come up with, it's, it was it's, it's criminal that you you don't get paid for that professionalism, Steve. I'll be honest. Well, maybe one day, my friends. Maybe one day we'll see. <laughs> that is the dream, as they say, right? Absolutely, gentlemen. What's been up since the last time we talked? AEW. We'll touch on that soon. I know, Jess. Okay, how about this, Jesse? Quickly, you've been playing yeah. Tears of Kingdom. How's been your experience playing the new Zelda it, game? It might be the greatest game I've ever played in my life. Um, I've noticed you popping up on the Switch and you're not playing it. What's the deal? 
I I don't know if you guys remember. I never liked the first one. I don't. I'm. I wasn't a fan because of the whole weapon breaking. The really not having a path that you could take. That you could literally go right to the end and try and fight Ganon with a fucking stick if you wanted Jesse, to. I don't know. Jesse's literally twitching right now. That's getting tired climbing. You just said is like about either it. let me climb or don't let me climb. I'm not gonna get fucking tired halfway through. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> so. Well. I fucking love it, and this one's better because I'm sure you've probably seen like videos online and stuff. You can yeah. build your own shit now, yes, and it's just the most fucking mental. Like, and there's like little Koroks that you have to rescue, right, and take to their friends, but you okay. can just like torture them. So you can like build like a big Christian cross and crucify them, and set the... it on fire, make it drop into hell. I'm just having the time of my life just torturing those little motherfuckers. I'm 50 hours in and I haven't done any story. I've just been torturing animals. That's fantastic. He's not even joking. Like, I'm in a group chat with him and Steph, and he just sends sadistic videos of him torturing (laughs) Koroks. And I'm just sitting there quiet, like, I don't even know what this game is. Like, what is the purpose of it? (laughs) That is it. It is just a torturing game. It's like when Animal Crossing came out. Do you remember? We were all Mm. playing that together, and I built, like, a dungeon of death, and I was showing you all around that as well. Of course. There's something about, whenever I'm given freedom in a game, I become Ted Bundy. (laughs) Reaching for the sky, my friend. Jesus, I don't even know what to lead into that. But okay, how about you, Max? Have you been playing any uh, Tears of Kingdom over here? No, no, I've I've, I've been avoiding, and, and Jesse has punished me greatly. Yeah, you're not a Zelda guy either, right? Yeah, because I was going to say, are I'm, you a Zelda guy? I am a Zelda guy, but okay. I'm a Zelda guy from the linear puzzles. I go here, I do this, and I follow all of that stuff. See, thank um, you. See, you get me then. For me, the the best Zelda game on the Switch is when they remade the um, little cute. Pixel Link's, chip, Link's Awakening had the yep. best time ever with that game. I agree. Uh, but these open world, I, I, I just can't get on with them. But uh, as long as everyone else is having fun, that's all that matters. <laughs> okay, it's Mr. Brilliant. Politician. I'll just, I'll just keep it to myself then. I don't care. It's fine. It's my own special little world. I, I resent every second I'm not playing it. I resent whatever's making me not playing it. So you two are in a very unfortunate position right now. Okay, how about this? <laughs> Former Gato Fives. Let's do a top five of Zelda games of all time. Ooh. Ooh. We okay. could do five, all, um, all of us together, because I could only think of two that I enjoy. So, And Link's Awakening is one of them, so we'll put that one in there as, as one of them. Yeah, Link's Awakening. I would put um, A Link to the Past in there as well. That's my stairs. favorite of all time. Yeah, that's a fucking brilliant game. And um, on the Switch Online, if anyone's listening who hasn't played it, you can oh play God. it with the SNES right. thing on the Switch. It's fucking amazing. Um, Ocarina of Time, obviously. Okay. Although I tried to go back and play it not long ago, and I couldn't do it. It feels like it's better left in childhood, as a lot of N64 games seem to be. I was going to say, that era of PlayStation 1, N64, you can't, there's no replayability, man. It's, it's very hard. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird. And like, try to play it on the Switch now on the N64 emulator because the controllers are so different and stuff. It's just fucking mad. Like, you just can't do it. Exactly. Um, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, obviously, for me, anyway. Of course. Um, and I don't know, man. Um, what would be the other one? Oh, the, uh, did we, we said, did we say um, Link's Awakening, the yes, Switch did. remake of yeah. that? Was that one of our no. ones as well? No, it wasn't. But I, checked I that would also. Out. Like to say, a link between worlds. I thought that was very clever when it was done on the 3DS, where you went oh, on 3D. the walls and the paintings and stuff. There you go. Um, How about and then the Majora's Mask 
just those other crazy ones insanity. that he looked like cartoonish the the mini elves or the minish elves or something Which oh one? yeah the the minish cap that's it where it's like shell shaded or cell shaded or something and it looked cartoony yeah, 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 yeah it didn't even look like link yeah. Yeah, and you had to control him on the touch screen didn't you is that what it was it. okay I, yeah i resented that yeah i really yeah. didn't like those to me the super Wind nintendo Waker ones also was good are the best um, one yeah, but, there's a lot of good Zelda games. You they don't, yeah, they don't miss often, do they, Zelda, or ever? They really don't. No, they they really don't. I'm surprised they. Uh, maybe that's the next one to come out, and maybe it's going to be part of the Super Mario universe, uh, Zelda or Link spinoff. Well, like a film, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be right? into that. Just, but I think these sort. Uh, you can't do a video game in a single movie. I've had these discussions before with previous guests too. It's to me the like, for example, The Last of Us. Fantastic. Imagine if that was a movie. I think it would have shit the bed. Yeah, no, you need, yeah, you need like real time. It's mad, isn't it? Because like, I see that if I see a film and I'm like, oh yeah, that looks all right. And then someone tells me it's three hours long or something. I'm like, that's fucking mental. I'm not watching something for three hours. Right. And then, but I'll happily watch like a TV series of 10 one hour episodes pretty much in one sitting. And it's like, I'm totally cool with that. It's ridiculous. No, I totally get it. It's just something. I think it's more that we think that we can't break away from a movie. Now, if a movie is like three hours, I have no shame in stopping it and watching it like in three episodes. Like I watch an hour, an hour, an hour. I'm good. I don't need to watch yeah. it straight through. But it's true. Like, But if it's a good TV series, you want more. So that's why you keep binge watching. It's not like you're binge watching if it's shitty. So Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's the case too. And I've been saying it for the longest time, at least the last two or three years. TV has been surpassing movies. I'm sorry. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the only problem you'd face with doing a Zelda game is Link not talking would be your only kind of like stuff. But I think video games can work as long as you just go away from the story and you just make it its own thing. I've not watched a new Super Mario Bros. movie, but it looks like they've just taken the characters, made it a thing, and all wrapped up in one. The Sonic um, movies are pretty damn entertaining. Um, so I reckon it can work. You just have to go a bit off piece with it. Well, that's the thing. Like, maybe those sort of genres, like the platformers, you could do it because there's really no story behind it, so you just make your own. But when you have, like, something for, like I said, The Last of Us, where it's, like, 20-hour-plus yeah. gameplay, you can't cram that. Like, when they did an Assassin's Creed movie, it's like, seriously? You're going to cram all the series all together into one fucking movie? Like, how are you doing this? Yeah, it's mental. But you know what is mental, my friends? How shitty Double or Nothing was, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> you know what? I think we're to blame because we switched over from WE pay-per-views because they were shit and awful to watch. Right. And we were like, let's do AEW shows. And ever the since then, they've been like below average at best and WE pay-per-views are all like crazy and all this <laughs> shit going on. So it's us. We need to stop doing this. This Double or Nothing show, to me, it had like... WCW vibes, which to me is right? normally a good thing, but it was not a good thing this time. It was like two thousand. It, it suddenly felt underproduced and like un, almost unrehearsed from the production standpoint. Do you know what I mean? That like a lot of the show. Felt well, like that's what I thought. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Did like all the backstage producers take the day off and the guys are just out there doing whatever? Because I found in a lot of matches it was very slow like there was no meaning something like a couple of matches had no psychology to it it was just like a match put it was like tv matches so to speak 
And it's like, but this is your pay-per-view, and you guys always deliver, and that's what you guys pride on, and it seems like mm, they just... like a lot, a lot really, of quick, I don't know. quick finishes out of nowhere in a lot of the matches. That too. Stuff, which, which, you know, can happen to the best of us after a few drinks or whatever, but, like, it's... Um, it was... Yeah, it was just weird. It just, like, suddenly, you're like, you're like, okay, this is building up to something now, and then you just get... The pin happens, you know? And it's like, oh... Yeah, it, it was a terrible build to the pay per view in general. From um, maybe that's what it was from a promotional perspective, and I think you know, obviously, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and everything that's happening. But it seems like Tony Khan is overstretching himself if he's booking all of these shows and all of this, like trying to do Collision and all these deals and Ring of Honor and AEW and that's right. Elevation and Dark and Rampage. It's like, dude. Get a writer's team. Because they used to... Do you remember the pay-per-views when they started? They used to plan them out. Because you have two months between pay-per-views. And you have a good four weeks of building story. And then four weeks of match building. And it worked really perfectly. Now it's like a week before. It's like, oh, Chris Jericho, Adam Cole. What the fuck? Why is this happening? Which was the worst match of the night. Tony needs needs a Pat Patterson. He needs his own Pat Patterson. He needs to sit by the pool... With his own Pat Patterson and just have someone to book with, you know? Yeah. They've hired that new Will Washington guy who's um, like ex-podcaster who's been, yeah, really kind of known in that circuit. So hopefully he's the new Pat. Okay. Because well, you've got Forbid- Forbidden Door coming up next month. You have All In in August. And then right after that, you have All Out in September. So there's a lot of shows coming very quickly. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it should be. I, I still feel positive on AEW despite yeah, the poor show. Like it's, uh, I still like the roster. I like um, this. I kind of like the storylines that are going on at the moment. We'll get into stuff as we go. But it's, yeah, I'm still feeling okay on it. Like they're allowed to dip a little bit if we get a good review, a good um, result from it in the future, which I think we might. Well, I think yeah, yeah it's, it's only uphill from here perfect. too, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, okay, so we'll start off with Max. What was one of your favorite matches of the night then? Uh, I'll start off at the top of the show with the Blackjack Battle Royale, which was not one I was expecting to kind of kick off with, but Orange Cassidy has been going on this crazy win streak defending the title every single week. Um, You'd think his shtick would have got old by now, but it's still one of the most entertaining things to watch on television. And... I think everyone just expected him to lose this match and right. someone like Jay White or Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks, Starks, Juice Robinson, you know, all of these people that could quite easily. So well as Strickland's another one. Sorry, and the fact that those two had a banging five-minute little mini-match at the end. I need more was, of that. Yeah, that back and forth was brilliant. And the reason I'm putting this in one of my favorite matches is because... How many battle royales have we seen between us over the years? Hundreds at this point, right? (laughs) I never expected a finish to actually make me laugh out loud while I was watching it. Right? Just how unexpected it was. You had Swerve on the outside, you expected some crazy move or an orange punch, and he just kicks the arm away because why put the effort in? And from like a character perspective, a storytelling perspective, the shock of the fit. I just laughed my ass off when I saw that, and I thought, that is brilliant as a finish. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to, because now we're getting to a point of who will be the one to dethrone Orange Cassidy, which is mental. 
Well, it's true. the Roman Reigns of AEW. I know. Well, I'm sure it's going to happen sooner rather than later. But even to go back to what you were saying, the final two, I never. This is why I loved the Battle Royal was because it was like, holy shit! I didn't know who was actually going to win when it came down to the final two, and the near eliminations going back and forth. They were so unique. This is and like how you said, then the final one. So simple, just a kick to Swerve's hand, and then that's it. It's all like you know what I mean. It's like they went through all that, and then boom, that that was the end. Yeah. But but there was a lot of people swerve. who looked strong in the uh, Rumble. Oh, I was gonna say Rumble, wow, in the Battle Royale as well, right? So it was good from top yeah, to bottom. Hundred percent. I mean, Swerve sold that like a million bucks with the whole Wiley Coyote trying to catch the rope <laughs> and fool him off. He's fantastic. That could have looked really hokey, but it looked really good. He's um, good. I, I think that they're in a really good job with kind of Jay White. Because this is what I like versus NXT, for example, back okay. in the day when they used to bring in the brand new indie talent straight to the main event. Here's the title and then it cools very quickly. They bought Jay White in, obviously one of the most biggest free agents that you could possibly sign at the moment. Yeah. But they're just like bringing him in in a feud and just getting him used to American television and just keep him in on screen so you know who he is. He looks like a big deal. He's looking like a credible threat, but it's not just straight to the main event. It's, I'm going to fuck around with Ricky Starks for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. And then I can start going title hunting. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Jay White's in a really good position at the moment. Yeah, like like I said, so many. Like, Commander looked good in that match. Again, who, who haven't, mm-hmm. who, if you haven't seen him, his high-flying shit was fantastic. Fucking Brian Cage looked good, finally. Like, I'm waiting for this guy yes. to break out, too. That's another guy. It's like, what are you doing with this guy? And it's with Big Bill, too, now. He looked great in that match as well. Like, these big guys um, who actually should look strong. Big Bill. Yeah, Big Bill. What a career resurgence he's had. Right? He just looks happy. He's big. Oh, he's amazing. Can you imagine years ago when, like, Soft were um, at their height <laughs> in NXT and all that shit? If you'd said, like, in not that many years... Enzo will just be nothing, like, will have disappeared off the face of the earth. Hey, he's an MLW. He's an MLW, career. all right? He's still wrestling. Oh, great. He's, he's, at the top of, he's at the top of the wrestling card, then. But, like, <laughs> it's, but generally speaking, do you know what I mean? Like, Big Cass is the one yeah. that's having the, having the better career, which is mental. You would never, ever have predicted that in a million years back then. Are you yeah. sure, though? Because usually the guys who talk the most are the ones who get into trouble. And the big guys usually always stick around because they always have that off factor. So, and it's always the guy who you don't think is going to make it out of the tag team that makes it. So, you know what I mean? Kind of. I, I mean, Shawn Mike. I think Shawn Michaels, everyone knew that he was going to be. Maybe okay. not, actually. But like, No, but maybe because Marty Jannetty was quite an over baby face, wasn't he, at first? Exactly. And then that all went to shit and he like shagged his adopted daughter and all sorts of stuff. Here we, we go. But, uh, do you remember that? Do you remember that Marty Jannetty yep. story when um, of course. he discovered? I think everyone's trying to forget it, but you keep bringing shit up. And he was, he was like, <laughs> "So I never raised her. So is, is it cool to fuck her? I don't know." <laughs> Most people are like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and, uh, well, I love that, that you live fun. up to your moniker. You fucking <laughs> sick freak! That was good. That was the moment when I saw him post that. I was like. Follow. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh my goodness. So do you but guys anyway, think Orange should have retained or do you think it should have been a new champ already? No, I think to lose a title in a battle royale. But that's the best be way. Because he doesn't get yeah. pinned. He still has his momentum. Then he could go on the hunt again for it, right? I, 
I, I love this whole him defying the odds with the busted hand and the injuries and, you know, the, the guy who wants to put the least amount of effort in is putting the most amount of effort into defending that title and right. to defend it for our whole 21-person battle royale and still retain is just awesome, I think, from a storytelling perspective. And then when he does eventually lose it, it's going to make, because it's going to be some big beastie heel, it's going to just catapult that heel right up there. Um, and I hopeful. imagine it's going to be Jay White because that'd be a great starting title for him. Yeah, true. No, well put. Any thoughts, Jesse? Um, a couple. So I talked about the um, underproduced aspect of this show, right. and it, it started with the start for me because I, t- I oh. didn't watch it live, obviously. So I, I watched it on Fight TV on the Catcher, and I watched it, and it started, and it was doing the countdown before you start the show, like started you twenty seconds before and stuff. And Orange Cassidy was making his entrance, right, and and that felt very like you know underproduced WCW to me and then like oh. the show starts and you get the pre-packages and then everyone's just in the ring and it's like we're basically straight into this match and it's like oh okay right we're in then do you know what I mean it felt yeah, a yeah. bit ugh, panicky and also no Orange Cassidy. yeah exactly you know like big star and like you know welcome to the show blah, blah, blah. it's like oh wait no Orange Cassidy's in the ring with 30 other dudes that's wrong um also has Orange Cassidy changed his music yes a while ago not man. a fan not a fan <laughs> You don't like his new yeah, music? It was a while ago. No. Okay. I did, yeah, well, I didn't realize. I haven't watched stuff since the last... Well, that's uh, a new thing now. Season. If you get popular enough in AEW, then Tony Khan gets the rights and you get a nice cover. So, But he had um, Creep by Radiohead before. And that um, Was Maybe? it Creep by Radiohead? No, no, he had it was where, a Pixies. Where, where's, where's My Mind? Where's My Mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, but... Um, much better. Much better. Song. Yes. Awesome song. It suited him perfectly. Or maybe the rights ran, ran out and they didn't want to get the rights again. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I think it was actually a request. Like he used to use that song Jane or whatever it's called on the indies, and oh. they kind of just switched back to that indie song. But okay. for me, yeah, it's whereas my mind was such a better fit for sure. Yeah, I agree. So that that annoyed me, but otherwise, yeah, good stuff. All right, I'll go next with my favorite match of the night. I'm gonna pull this one out of my ass. I'm gonna go with the tag team championship with Jeff Jarrett, former guest, and Jay Lethal nice. versus FTR. With Mark Briscoe as the referee, enforcer, whatever you want to call it. To me, this was the best multi-man tag match, whatever you want to call it, throughout the night. <clears throat> Nothing goes wrong with FTR. These guys could elevate anyone. Jay Lethal's fantastic. Jeff Jarrett could still go. Karen Jarrett is back. A referee took a fucking <coughs> guitar shot to the head. A female referee, fucking Aubrey, the ref took a chair shot. It's like, I mean, a guitar shot. Oh, it was such a fun match to have and just the shenanigans and everything. And again, you get to see FTR shine and I want a Dax singles run, but I don't want FTR to split up. Sort of like how the Briscoes did it in ROH where Jay went on his own, won the world title and then they came back and then they started like, why not do something like that? But then what do you do with cash? That's the other thing, right? But it was a fantastic match. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, Someone put it best where they said, I tune in to make sure that Jeff Jarrett doesn't win the title. <laughs> and that's the perfect position that Jeff Jarrett has put himself in. Because you're like, why the fuck is Jeff Jarrett in a title picture at his age and his position? Yep. And it's carny shit. You watch it so he doesn't win. Exactly. And for him to get beat, uh, it's such TNA level of bullshit. <laughs> you know what? About, yep. And I love it. I, as a kid, like my entire life, Jeff Jarrett has always been in it somewhere. 
He just right? pops up in every company, right? He's always prominent. And I'm like, and I never got him, and I never liked him and stuff. Really? The last until okay. the last couple of years. Okay. I've suddenly become a massive Jeff Jarrett fan. I've suddenly got it. Do you know what I mean? It's clicked and it's like, really? oh my God, this is one of the greatest, like, one of the greatest minds, certainly, but one of the greatest, like, all-rounders in wrestling. And he has been forever. And he's done it perfectly. I remember, like, my first memories of Jeff Jarrett are in WCW when he was, like, Ric Flair's protege coming into the Four Horsemen oh, in the white sort of, okay. um, sort of male stripper things. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so you didn't see his original run in WWF then? No, no. Oh, WCW shit. the first time I saw him. Okay, uh, gotcha. So I, I've, since, I've since seen clips, obviously. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it, didn't see it like, as it happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, WCW with the Four Horsemen and everything. And I remember being annoyed because I love the Four Horsemen. I was like, who's this twat muscling in? And... And it's not until you get older, you know, oh, that's exactly what they wanted you to think. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly what Jeff Jarrett was playing. And then, like, all the TNA stuff. And I didn't realise when TNA was a thing um, initially that he was, like, a part owner and oh, a okay. real mind behind the business and stuff. I didn't fully understand all that when I was, yeah, like, yeah. 13. Do you know what I mean? Of course. And, and now, now you look into it all and stuff, and you think, Jeff Jarrett's the fucking man. Like, he's right. just consistently made money, consistently stayed relevant in the business and been entertaining whilst he's done it. And there's, there is a reason why he's had prominent positions in every major company there's ever been. No, I, I totally agree. Like, people say his manipulation, his politics, whatever. No, it's like, his body works, and his longevity. Like, look, it, like... Yeah, he can't go like how he used to, but at least he's not like fucking Sabu, who just goes on the top rope and has a heart attack and falls <laughs> over. Like, what the fuck was that? But he doesn't. But but that's the thing. It doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with getting older and like and you're and not going like you could, as long as you alter your style. To exactly. Like, that. look it's at when, Sting. Another perfect example, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when wrestlers try to do what they were doing when they were twenty that it gets embarrassing. But you, but you can like mold it and change it and still be entertaining mm-hmm. and, and that's exactly what Jeff Jarrett has done it's brilliant and Sting to your point no and even that just that whole stable with fucking Sanjay Dutt like who doesn't want to wring that guy's neck he's so fucking annoying <laughs> like you know what I mean and then you got the fucking huge giant guy and like it's like fuck it's it's it, thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic and now you add Karen Jerry looks like she's going to be in the mix now going forward it's like this is fucking fantastic shit yeah we are yeah. We are six months away from Hulk Hogan joining. I can feel it in the waters. Oh, God. <laughs> you think Hogan will show up in AEW before the time is up? <laughs> I pray not, but whenever I see Jeff Jarrett and then Karen Jarrett, I go, it's coming. Someone lock the doors. <laughs> I'm, listening, I'm listening to a podcast at the moment that's deep diving. Okay. Um, it's been going on for months. There's hours and hours of it. They're deep diving the Hogan-Bischoff era of TNA. Oh, shit. Okay. And... Yeah. And like all the back, it's really fucking interesting. Like okay. they're these proper journalists that have really delved into it. You could write an entire book on just that, but like, but obviously Jarrett's involved in that quite a lot as well. When you talk about like you know the TNA ownership and things like that, but holy fuck, like just the more you hear about, I know it's a late review to say that Hogan's like a carny and a liar and everything, but you just think? the more you hear, it's like fucking hell. This guy just, you know, he's got a good life. He's got, he's had a good life. He's been like the top drawer in professional wrestling. Why do you have to lie all the time? Like your your real life is pretty good. Do you know what I mean? You it's in his blood, man. Shit. He can't turn it off, brother. It's mental. It's just so <laughs> mad. But it's fascinating as well. It makes him a fascinating person. Well, that's the thing. It's like the character you see on social media that is the Iron Sheik. Like, can you imagine if he was like that in real life and walking around and, <laughs> and saying that to everybody? Like, come on. It's just some of these guys just they they can't let their shtick go. Like, you know what I mean? It's. It is yeah. who they are. Like it's almost crazy that you think that maybe they'd have like 
some kind of mental disability now because they don't know reality from their character and they're like stuck. Like, you know what I mean? But it's true. It's like, who fucking cares? It's like you had a career in Hollywood. You had a career in wrestling. You're known as top five for sure. If not some, in some people's minds, the greatest of all time. It's like, what the fuck else do you want? Why are you lying? It's so true. Like, fuck off. My God. But hey, whatever. But yeah, great match. And can we talk about Briscoe as the ref as well? Yes, please. Is I want one of those camo ref stripes. um, (laughs) (laughs) So fucking cool. It's so cool. I love. I love a bit of camo. And yeah, I thought that looked awesome. That was a great touch. And I thought he did a good job as a referee as well. I just his face makes me laugh every time I see him. I can't take him seriously. That's the thing. And meanwhile, everyone says obviously behind the scenes, this guy's so fucking intelligent and this and I'm like, I don't see it. Like this guy's either the best fucking actor on earth or he just has whatever the opposite of a resting bitch I don't know, dumbass face. I don't fucking know. Yeah. He's got a slack jaw in the eyes of a pug, isn't he? Right? Yeah. (laughs) But I like that. It makes me laugh when I see his face. And anything that makes me laugh is all right by me. So he can stick around. Well, and I think that's why the Briscoes worked so well, too. Because you had Jade, the serious fucking guy who looks like he's going to kill you. And then you had Mark that's like, oh, like coming from behind. And So when they were heel, it was hard to take them seriously. And that's why I think when Jay broke her, it was fucking fantastic what they did with Jay because then he just went on such a fucking streak and shit and then then you bring him back together like I said whatever but yeah Mark is just he's he's like a Mick Foley type of character you know what I mean like he's just so lovable right yeah that's fine but that but that works fine in his role at the moment and obviously he's got massive sentimentality attached to him for like you know tragic reasons as well of course of course but that you know, all of that together he's riding that wave beautifully I think and um, long may it continue Let's hope so. All right, Jesse. Uh, you're up, my friend. What did you enjoy from this card? Well, I'm lucky enough to get to talk about the Fatal 4-Way, which was easily the match of the night. Um, you think so? For me, yeah. Okay. It was very... Okay, okay, okay. But know, you guys I, are fanboys of all of them. That's the problem. No, 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 no. That's not necessarily true. Okay. I mean, I, I do like them all, but... I'm not, a, I'm not, but I'm not a fan of flippy shit generally. I'm not a fan of over choreographed wrestling. Okay, there wasn't um, too much of it. This, I, I would say, this had both of those things, but but it didn't matter because when it's a fatal four way, it's different than a singles match or whatever. Yeah. I feel like it it has a nice sort of fluidity to it, and it's yeah, they're just all four of it. Like it's it's been built up quite well, I think. The whole four pillars, and it was like, okay, it's only a matter of time before we have a fatal four way of the four pillars and all this. Um, doing it with MJF as champion worked perfectly. With him as the only heel as well worked perfectly. Right. Um, like because when, when you think about it, it could have been done a million different ways, right? Sammy Guevara um, and MJF could have been heels together. Or, um, you know, Darby could have had Sting with him or Jungle Boy could have had some, like um, Luchasaurus with him if they didn't do that previous storyline and all that shit. Um, but they did it with just the four of them on their own, the heel dynamic of MJF as the champion, the cowardly champion. The spots in it were insane. Like the, the Spanish fly um, to the outside um, was, was amazing. Um, uh, but even like the, even the simple stuff, like the, the pin combinations that they were doing, like... And that proves that, like, you don't, as long as something is well thought out and timed well, you don't have to risk your body to get a rise out of the crowd at all. You just have to use your brain, 
to Jeff Jarrett's point, you know, use your brain a bit, time things well, just have a bit of psychology about it. Ric Flair had a very successful career doing this sort of right. shit. And and the crowd will go mental for you. And that's what that pinning combination showed. That's what MJF is doing a great job of. Yep. Loved the Canadian Destroyer yes. um, spot as well when they of all course. did that. Um, I thought the ending was great. I just, I love, um, it was a perfect ending from MJF, I think. Um, didn't no one came out of it looking weaker no. than they were. everyone came out looking better you know no one came out that's looking what I, th- I think you know who actually stood out for, for me in my opinion because everyone's behind Darby Allen, so he already has that going I think he was probably the most popular face in that match right Jungle yeah. Boy same thing he's almost there I think it was Sammy Guevara because people have been hating on him because of the whole fucking yeah. whatever the social media shit that he did a few years ago and then obviously being a crybaby and now showing off with his wife and all this shit so like I think this elevated him a lot and shows that okay this guy could go and not that he couldn't before but I think people were blinded to all the backstage stuff that he was doing and I think this elevated him the most and he looked fucking fantastic I think he was the star of, of this four way in my opinion yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah, I think I think you looked fantastic. For for me, it was all the, and this is something AEW does so well, where they kind of reward the crowd who have been watching and who have been following. The whole Darby Allen MGF, I'll beat you with a single um, single headlock takedown. Yes, it's just amazing storyline that just keeps going, and the fact that Darby tried to do it as well. Um, but of course failed um you know they, they were each victim to their own hubris which they've been critiqued about like jungle boy didn't take the risk by hitting him with the title which mgf has critiqued him about darby was too obsessed with beating him with a single headlock takeover yeah. um sammy guevara crashed and burned he was too flashy doing his stuff so all of their weaknesses that they talked about was what led the downfall to them right. losing and then that bit in the middle when they did the moves from each one of their mentors and that was just that was so that was, that was like my yeah, favorite yeah. bit of the paper i was, I was gonna bring but that up i'm surprised no one else brought it up before it, that was my favorite part it's true all the four mentors they busted out all the moves surprised they brought up even cody's name and all that stuff because they've been sort of hinting towards it before they never really dropped his name but now they officially dropped it on the pay-per-view and everything but we got to see two crossroads on one pay-per-view look at that yeah, yeah exactly so uh, yeah phenomenal match and it was great. Again, as Jesse said earlier, there was a WCW feel, but this was the right WCW feel. See? This was like if you had Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho, and Chris Benoit. I think I repeat someone. But if you had those four pillars the in a match, you know, that that would be incredible. That's no, the vibe I got but see, uh, that's what I was going to ask you guys next. Is it fair... For them not to be the main event because they are the pillars, and now in the main event you have the majority of ex WWE guys slotted. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I from a from a po- political or like booking standpoint, I can see your point. But imagine it in your head now if those two matches were switched and how potentially burnt out the crowd would have been. I see what for you're saying that, for that fatal four way having just watched that Black Bull Combat Club Elite match. Yeah. It played true. out exactly the same way. And now we've got to watch four guys like fly around the ring. It might have been Plus, match that way. 
Yeah, I also liked MGF's kayfabe explanation in the press conference where it's mm. like, you think I want to roll around in John Moxley's hepatitis blood? <laughs> oh, <Get> I, <laughs> that guy's fantastic. I man. wanted to go on before that so I didn't have to deal with all of that carnage distracting me. It's like, cool, makes sense. Do we know if his forearm injury is real or a work? Because if, if it's a work, he sold that very well. No, apparently it might be legit. Oh, um, because it, oh, it's serving right. a purpose for, yeah, yeah, for the yeah. end of the match. Um, yeah, apparently it might be legit. So hopefully he's all good. Yeah, I hope so. Because uh, the whole talking about AEW and how we got high hopes for the future and stuff, it's all on MJF's shoulders. If MJF gets injured for whatever reason right now, they are fucked because every, everything starts with him because he's just so good. He's just so... Yeah, but are right. they? I always find, even it doesn't matter who it is, like even if it was Roman Reigns now, it doesn't matter, whoever is on a hot streak. I find the best title runs are the ones that come out of nowhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like even that edge winning, cashing in that money in the bank, that came out of nowhere. No one thought that was going to happen and look what that did to his career. Like there's so many of these guys who just step up and it's like, here, here's the title. Like, even Sheamus, another perfect example, who thought he was going to win the title there. Like, you know what I mean? And then it just, like, it's it's the aha factor, I find, that if you have some sort of tournament or someone comes out of nowhere to win that title, like, to me, that that's I've, I've, that's the best. Yeah I, yeah, I think it depends on the risk, though, because... They'll probably the put AEW it on John Moxley, very, but that's the problem. That's what AEW this, would do. That's what I was going to say. Like, they don't take the risk. They're like, it's an interim championship. We'll give it to Kenny or Moxley until my store. Because this is what Khan does. He has this this whole thing uh, in place. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, I'm just going to keep stalling until I can get back to where I want to be. Um, so hopefully not. Hopefully MJF is, is all good. Because, yeah, as Jesse said, he's very entertaining. And it's building up that whole... When's he going to lose? Because he's had the best Iron Man match. He's had the best four-way match. He's had the, every of the three matches he's wrestled this year. They've all been the best. Okay, let's he's put stunning. let's put a, a plug on that. Because I want to know who you guys think is going to eventually dethrone MJF. But how about this? Sticking with the pillars. Who do you think is the weakest of the four pillars? Jungle Boy. Really? Ooh. Yeah. I'm, for me... Jungle Boy's very good, but he does, and he's gotten a lot better in the past couple of months, but he lacks that, I don't believe what's behind his eyes. Right, the, it the still looks like, yes, not, I know what you mean. It's not real. I know what you're saying. Um, and it, he's a very talented wrestler, but is he talented enough to stand out, or is he just a flippy monkey like the rest of them? Darby Allen has the edge to him. Sammy Guevara has the charisma to him, you know? Jungle Boy's just missing that extra bit for me. I think I I'd agree that Jungle Boy is my least favorite out of the four, but that that by no means think means that I think he's no, not good. Just, he's God just, no, he's just the least good of the four. But but I know what you mean. But also I feel like his gimmick as well. I mean the fact he's called Jungle Boy. I mean he's going to have to drop that at some point, right? As he gets, they're old. trying because they're Cause calling him by his are, yeah, actual Perry, name now. Yeah, but um, it's so much of his shtick relies on being a plucky young kid do you know what i mean and and transitioning out of that as you get a bit older is a difficult thing and i hope he does it but that that'll dictate he's gonna need a massive i think re-gimmick package sort of deal like not to say to do this but because this is stupid but something like join the house of black he becomes sort of evil and then after he breaks away from that and now you see sort of like his own like sort of 
bad version, like so something like that, where he just something that's out of nowhere yeah. that takes him right away from the jungle or any association with ever being maybe cut his hair or something, turn him corporate. I, I, don't I was know. gonna say, imagine if if Jungle Boy came out with a shaved head. He's a good looking kid; he could pull it off easily. Sure, shaved head, wearing like trousers or pants, and then you know, just that immediately would make him look a completely different character. Yeah. Like, well, like um, corporate Jericho. Do you remember, like, 2008 yes. Jericho? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, do you think we'll ever see all four of them in a faction working together? No. No? No. They have to at least no. once. Oh, they might do. Yeah, okay. So maybe just for the sake of one pay-per-view. Like, join together. Like, maybe, say, for example, imagine this ends up happening. ROH invasion, and then they have to form together to save AEW. Like a yeah, Survivor cool. Series yes. elimination style match. Yeah, Back when, these, cool. when Michaels or Austin was building a team, and it's like, I don't trust you, but I need you. Exactly. And, yeah. I'd, I'd be down for that. Um, yeah. The, Maybe the, against like an invading Bullet Club or something. Oh, yeah. there Actually, that would be Bullet even better. Bullet Club Gold. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That wouldn't be too shabby. Okay, and then lastly about the Pillars. Who do you think is the next one to win the world title? Derby. I don't know, man. I think it's going to be Sammy. I'm, I'll, I'm going to say Jungle Boy then, just to... <laughs> just say you just said he's the weakest, but he's going to win the world that title mean, next. That doesn't mean... Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he could be the weakest with, <laughs> and also be booked well, do you know what I mean? I guess. Oh. Like Darby with, a, with that headlock takeover. It's got to happen. <laughs> Oh, so so then that leads into the next question. Back to MJF losing the title. You think it's going to be Darby doing it? I can't see anyone else who's as white hot baby me. I think they're going to be like, can he survive Everest? And then if Darby survives his Mount Everest climb, why not do it all out? I reckon MJF will lose the title to Punk. Ooh, not oh again. They'll do they'll do a double turn thing and MJF will come out of it as a baby face. I don't think so. I don't think he'll ever he heel. can't be. He can't be man. He could never be a face. Punk has to come in as a heel. Of course he could be. No man. Of course he could be. Anyone who can be he he already is a face, basically. Like everyone fucking loves him. A- anyone who can be an amazing heel can be an amazing baby face. Doesn't always work the other way around. Of course. Because he's done it, like, Max has done it on promos and stuff, where he bears his soul. It turns out to be a ruse, but he has the crowd turn up like that, in the palm of his hand, cheering him, loving him. I, I believe he could do it, but I think if Punk is coming back, he's coming back heel. He, he, yeah. He has to be. He has to, yeah. But but I reckon they will slap the title on him as for, for that reason as well, you know, because I was going to ask too, so story. who's MJF going to feud with next then? So you think it's going to be CM Punk when he comes? No, because CM Punk already called out Samoa Joe or vice versa. So Yeah, yeah. Um, who can MJF feud with? Right? Um, who's there? Uh, it's a tough one. I don't know. You can't go back to the elite because they're all doing their stuff. Yeah, you can't moment. do that. Or even the BCC, so. Yeah. Adam Cole is going to be tied up with Chris Jericho for the next 8 to 12 months. Right. Because that's how long Chris Jericho feuds go on for. Oh, yeah, I know who Adam, it's going to be. But Adam Cole's not a bad shout if if they do wrap up the Jericho thing. Yeah, but they have to do yeah, it quick, and they left it open. So, you know, it's still Jericho still needs to get his last bit in, and that's probably going to take another month. You know what? I'm going to throw in... It's going to be Dustin Rhodes. 
Dustin Rhodes. Okay. Watch. Because Cody's not there, so they're going to throw in Dustin here. You could have your title shot, and you're going to lose. He had some, he had some good spots in the, um, in the Battle Royale, didn't he, in the opening? Right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I can't see anyone else. See. Like, everyone's tied up in the story. Like, unless Wardlow steps up, and then they'd have title versus title type thing. I don't know. They could, well, I mean, Wardlow has a case, doesn't he? He absolutely right? squashed him at that, um, at the, I can't remember which pay-per-view it was, but whatever it was. Um He's got every right in kayfabe to say, look, I deserve a fucking title shot. I beat you in like 45 seconds flat. Do you know what I mean? Wardlow would be fun because that would get him re-elevated back to where he kind of needs to be. So, yeah, I'd be be well up for Wardlow. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. This leaves us with anarchy in the arena. (laughs) These fucking matches, man. Oh, my God. They're so fun, but they're so irritating, but I still want more. And I, it, it, you know what it is about these matches? They go by like this. Like, I, 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 again, like you guys, I don't watch it live. So when I was watching, I was like, oh, okay, this match is going to be roughly half hour. The next thing you know, it's end. I'm like, that was fucking half an hour? I was like, shit, okay, no problem. To me, uh, again, yeah. but I don't know why they did this with the fucking music again. I was like, here we go again. <laughs> like, is this going to be the new thing where they start off with this fucking song? Like, what the fuck? It has to be an inside joke, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. I mean, just this year, I wish we could have had Carry On My Way With Sun, like, <sighs> on a loop versus versus Moxley's. But fuck me. Um, yeah, I love seeing the Elite back together. I was thinking about this when I was watching it. How much Hangman Page has become the main character of AEW. Oh. He was just like the nothing of Bullet Club, the the bad carrier. And now he is the life and soul of that company. I fucking love Hangman so much. He is crazy. And I felt the cameramen had a, a bit of a shit show with this match. I thought, yeah. Poor guys, it, though. Come on. And it felt like, and I felt bad for Moxie as well, because every time he took some sort of horrendous bump, they'd like cut to something else just before we. So it's like, dude, I just landed in like some fucking barbed wire on my back. <laughs> that really sucked. And he didn't even capture it on the fucking camera. And like, you have to watch it on the replay. Right. And then I think he was, wasn't he thrown on some tacks as well, but then he jumped to something else <laughs> just before he did. And he just couldn't. Well, at least. Right. At least they got Matt Jackson's horrendous spots on camera. Yeah, oh good. my god! Fuck! Can you believe that Fun shit? Attacks to the feet. Yeah, I oh. don't cringe in wrestling a lot anymore, but that got me big time. <laughs> well, even when he put hard. it in his mouth, I know obviously he's spitting him out. But what if one does get swallowed? What if something gets stuck? Like, fuck! I wouldn't trust anyone to put some tacks down my mouth. Fuck that. I can't remember, there was a wrestler, I think it was a women wrestler, I can't remember who it was, who did thumbtacks in a match and accidentally did swallow one. And it was like, and she was fine. And it was like a million to one chance that she was fine. It was like the doctors were like, the chances of swallowing a thumbtack and it catching nothing as it goes all the way through you is like amazing. But it did, you know, she got away with it. But that's fucking crazy. Horrendous. Um, yeah, I, I love heel... Blackpool Combat Club calling yeah, everyone too. amateurs. But you know what? Brian Danielson. They the have to mode. chill. I think they need yeah. to chill just a little bit. I think they're taking it too much to the point where it's going to be like, what's next and who's going to beat these guys? Because if they're so super badass and they're so kick-ass and nothing could stop them and like, you know, it's like, where is it going to go? F- like, you know what I mean? And what is it going to be like? Some implosion, like the bloodline or something or whatever eventually? I, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of disagree. I like the fact that they're 
kind of unpredictably crazy and a little bit scary the way they are at the moment with the using screwdrivers and well that's what I mean like what, what's stopping them from bringing fucking a fucking terrifying. hacksaw to the ring and trying to saw off someone's leg like what's next yeah why not yeah do that <laughs> I mean give me yeah give this, give this, let's have this generation Zach Gowan out of it oh fuck, fuck me <laughs> nice callback but it, it's 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 awesome. Um, fucking Wheeler Utah pinned Kenny Omega on a pay per view main event. Yeah, that's crazy. Amazing, amazing that's stuff. Nice. One thing I will say, as much as I enjoyed this match, I don't like watching Kenny Omega in these kind of matches because to oh. me, he's still like, I, I still view him as like the five star New Japan oh. sort of pure wrestler. Sure. You know what I mean? yeah. And it still clangs with me to see him in that like getting thrown into barbed wire with John Moxley and stuff. It just doesn't compute in my he's very good at it, you know, that it's my hang up, but I just can't like I can't see past it for some reason. I agree, but he, again, coming from Japan, those matches are all hard hitting anyways. Like even the matches he had with Jericho were were like that, right? So they it is, were, yeah. It and, is in and him. His Osprey one just got as well. There was um, True. A, a bit of blood and tables and stuff, wasn't there? So he is, yeah, he is going that way. It's, it's my issue. Yeah, I guess it is, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but my thing about Blackpool Combat Club and okay. you saying to kind of turn it down is they are giving me that kind of NWO vibe, especially now that they've recruited Callis and Takeshita. Maybe. Uh, the, Maybe. Is, Takeshita that, is, that, is that what's happened? Is Don Callis officially with Blackpool they Combat They never said Club? it because Taz said they, he was, but then after Excalibur was like, well, we don't know for sure, Taz. You can't say that. We'll, uh, we'll find out this Wednesday. It says we'll hear from Callis and Takeshita yeah. um, about what's going on. I mean, you know, replace that William Regal figure with Carney fuck yeah. Don yeah. Callis. Gimme. Um, Takeshita. Yeah, Takeshita's another great up-and-coming wrestler. He originally sided with the Elite and came out to protect them and then switching that. Because he's a big boy. He's a big boy, Takeshita. He fits in well with that group. He does. And, yeah, just give me that lot running roughshod around AEW, causing anarchy. I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. But keep them away from titles is the one thing I would say. I think they Okay, I was going to ask you that next. Yeah. They've had they've had a bit of a title run, haven't they? Like with or at least Ring Cesaro of Honor. did, and the, yeah, with Ring of Honor titles and stuff, um, and that's fine. But I quite like like I like I like the idea of them not being interested in titles. They just like violence. They just want to like hurt people, and they're not bothered about winning gold. And I hope that stays. I like I like that sort of vibe. Well, you know, eventually that's going to be the end game where they're like, oh, we kicked everyone's ass. What's next? We all want gold. And then they're all going to go towards a specific title, even if it's ROH titles, because uh, Cesaro, uh, Cesaro, wow, Claudio already has one, right? So, you know what I mean? Why not add more to the stable, even if it is ROH? And plus, Yuta used to be pure champ. I'm sure he'll get that back again sometime. So why not? Yeah, yeah. if they do it in Ring of Honor, that's that's fine with me. I think they should stay away from AEW titles, though. Maybe that's what they should do. Of... Once they run roughshod of AEW, just show up on an episode of Ring of Honor and start kicking everyone's asses, even the announcers and everything. Yeah, yeah, fuck it, yeah. do right? it. Lexus yeah. style. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Everywhere, Japan, yeah. See, stuff like that I don't mind. It's just when it's like... Okay, like everyone knows, I hate, maybe it's my MMA side of being an MMA fan where it's like, you know, these guys are acting, they're not really, I know Mox is a badass and whatever, but compared to real life standards, okay, you're still in the pro wrestling world. Like, I can't take you that serious where you're like, oh, I'm going to take this and claw out your eyeball and make you look at your own eye or something. It's like, okay, you're not going to do that. So it's like, that's what I mean about taking it too far. Like, 
I think they've gone to the realm now where it's like, okay, they're going to do some bad stuff. And now if they don't do it, they're going to look like pussy. So they have to do it. And then they got to keep upping themselves. So that's what I mean about where is it going to end type of thing. It's true. I, I think we're probably heading to a blood and guts match. Uh, Has to be, right? And then maybe that's where they tone yeah. it down after that for a bit. I don't know. Because you have you have Yuta, Takeshita, Mox. So you got five on Blackpool side. And then Kenny tweeted this week, I still have two friends that I could call. So Abushi coming in to a blood and guts match to side with the elite. Could that be. would be... Could be. Would be awesome. Yeah, so... Give it. Gimme. Give me a bushi. Do it. Do it what he needs to do. Well, who do you think the second guy is then? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> a steel. No, CM Punk. <laughs> we know a crazy guy. Um, probably Okada, but you know, he'll have oh, his own stuff to do. That's true. Yeah. Too. Have that's you seen good. in New Japan? So Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii are um, the trios that's not what they call it but the trios champion of new japan at the moment the six-man tag champions okay. and really? um and they're being challenged at the next show by fucking hell i forgot his name the, the one that looks like a baby tanahashi max he's red shoes is oh, yes. um, okay, i've yeah. forgotten his name now but he's being joined by moxley and um and cesaro uh, so that is going to be on the next big new japan match so blackpool combat club are seeping into new japan Very as well cool. which is I want a Daniel Bryan in a G1, a Bryan Danielson in a G1. That well, you know very, something very... with New Japan is coming down the And I'm not saying New Japan strong. Fuck that. I don't consider that. I consider that its own thing, and it's even lower than the NWA, in my opinion. But real New Japan, Japan with all their top stars type of shit. I agree. We need well, to see him yeah, over there. We have Forbidden Door next month, and Bryan is healthy at the moment. So Yeah. Actually, that's right. Because we'll that, they're going to start to... That setting up matches for that pay per view, right? So, oh, yeah, that's going to be, be interesting. Yeah, so I guess that, yeah, that's true. Actually, that sort of puts uh, regular title storylines on. So hold, maybe someone from New Japan is going to challenge uh, MJF for the title then. Yeah, it's, that, yeah, that, that I would say so. Um, Ace versus MJF that would be pretty cool. Uh, Tanahashi. Tanahashi, yeah. Yeah, maybe I don't know. He's a bit over the hill now. That's why he's it got this six man title run do you know what I mean he's a lot um, older than he comes across he sort of has like the vibe of like a drunk aunt at a Christmas party now when he's in the, <laughs> when he's in the ring <laughs> uh, but no there's plenty like so it, you could do a champion versus chat like Sonada versus MJF would be really fucking good um, yeah that would be interesting Naito, I know, I'd love to see Naito, Naito I was going to say Naito yeah, yeah that's a good call too why not yeah, that'd be really I think those good. two would have a fantastic match now that I'm thinking about it. Just mm. Yeah, that characters. would be ace. Yeah. So a lot of possibilities, my friend. A lot of possibilities. Okay, so what do you guys rate? Actually, before we rate, any other standouts, any moments, anything, or you really despise that you want to touch on quickly? Uh, I, I would call this pay-per-view a pay-per-view of two halves. I think from the House of Black open house match onwards... Okay. Um, it, it was a good pay-per-view. You had um, the trios match, the Jay Cargill match was fun, Chris Statlander coming back, then you had the four-way, then you had the uh, Anakin Arena. I think from that onwards, great fun. But before that was like a weird episode of Dynamite. So, right. And the Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter match was That was weird. Not good. I don't that know what they're not good. doing Fair there. Play to Jamie Hayter, that, felt like a, clearly... that felt like a quick finish. She was, was she injured? 
She she went into the match injured. So it was a way to take the belt off her, I think. Yeah, I was expecting them to just beat her up, pin her quickly in the ring, but the fact she wrestled a match, and I think Tony forgot the spot because Jamie just ran into that turnbuckle by herself, which was weird. Um, But yeah, for me, it was was a show of two halves, definitely. Um, I loved Chris Statlander coming back. I love the open house rules match they've been doing and kind of bringing in that aesthetic. Is that what what with the TBS title? Is that is that the deal? Is it that like anyone could just come out at any time? Because that sort of confused me when Stan no. came out. Oh fuck! No. Another match. They've been doing it recently no. because she's such on a run and no one could stop her. So she's like, oh, I've beaten one. Send out someone else. Oh, I've beaten two. Send out someone else. But they're all jobbers now. Right. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. I see. Jade Cargill impressed me i thought she wrestled really really well and is becoming she's getting better yes she is yeah 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 and and you forget how brian danielson training yeah it's it's working man she i thought she looked really really good i thought it was funny when they cut to her husband in the audience he was just on his phone as well (laughs) (laughs) proud husband (laughs) jeez good timing good timing oh my god also how about this i'll throw in this one of my favorite and i laughed out loud was the one of the best lines when it was the House of Black versus the acclaimed and Daddy Ass. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! About uh, being cucked by a kid named Dominic. Um, how Murphy oh, yeah, could be cucked by a kid named Dominic. I'm like, holy shit! That is fantastic stuff, man. Pro- probably Max Caster's best rap. Uh, right. That's what I was thinking. Top five for sure. Poor, poor buddy. Just a butt of the joke across the whole internet with Rhea and Dominic, and um, like. <laughs> Imagine being Buddy Matthews, as jacked as you are, <laughs> as good looking as you are, and you're just a laughing stock of the internet because of a skinny kid called Dom. <laughs> <laughs> that is too. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're probably like best of friends or something behind the scenes, and they're all laughing about it. <laughs> I, I I just love the idea, but I feel like it's getting to him because Rhea tweeted so? something like, "Oh, we're over in two companies now." Yeah. And. Um, Buddy came back with something like, "Yeah, took took our show to get you over, or so, something really petty and childish." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what? But for all the uh, ridicule that Buddy gets, he's the one that gets to be with Rhea Ripley. So I think he's, I know he's winning at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd be over it pretty quickly. <laughs> no, that's awesome. All right, gentlemen, what do you rate out of five this pay per view? <sighs> it's tough. Tough, 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 tough. 2.5 I'll go for. That's exactly what I was thinking, my friend. 2.5. Yeah, just cut it, cut, cut, like, yeah. like Max said, it's a show of two halves, cut it down the middle. Okay, I'll go 2.75 because I did enjoy the last half a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. 2.75. Yeah, that, well, that's the thing. It was, I think, in my opinion, like we stretched it. We managed to talk about four matches, but I think it was a two-match show, the final two matches. If you just watch that and then watch the rest of the highlights from Dynamite, you'd be fine. And if yep. it wasn't for those two last matches, this probably would have been like a one or something for me. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, look how spoiled we are. The fact that we're moaning about the fact that there were only two amazing matches on a show. Like, how many years have we gone through WWE pay-per-views where everything's just been a flop? Do you know what I mean? You think, True. fuck me, I just spent nearly four hours watching that shit. And, like, but, you know, now we watch some of it and there's like an amazing match on it. We're like, oh, only one amazing match. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. And it wasn't a recent match, yeah. 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 So, I, as we said, this is the first real blemish on the record of AEW. Yeah. Outside of that, that was like a bad pay per view during the pandemic era, but it's a fucking pandemic. Yeah, era. who cares about that? Um, no, so, what was that yeah, one? No, for, uh, the one before this that was probably just as bad was Revolution. 
I can't remember which year. Because that one's always brought up on the interwebs, as they say. That That's one of the worst AEW pay-per-views. I don't remember which year. Yeah. 2021, maybe? Revolution? I can't remember. But, yeah, that one was pretty bad, yeah. too. But, you know, we'll, we'll take these blemishes. We'll see what happens. And as long as it's not consistent, we have Forbidden Door. We have All In. We have All Out. Those are going to be fantastic. Let's, yeah. Or they're going to be shit. And then we can start being critical and being like... This. And go back to WE like the fickle little cunts we are. Hey, but yeah. you know what? Except for this, speaking of it, will just happen two night of champions. I, I don't think that was a great show to begin with either. I think I don't know. I don't even know which one was better. Tell you the truth, they were both right there in the middle. But the Puerto Rican pay per view backlash that was fucking. Fuck. I think that was one of their best so pay per views in like five years, man. Really. You have but to, yeah. If you haven't gross. watched it, go back. Like, if nah. you're bored, even if you have it in the background, I'm telling you, it, it's worth it. Okay, I'll give it a go. That bad bunny entrance lives in my top. Right. Five. Me and Jesse did top five entrances. But oh shit! Five yeah, yeah, yeah. If we did it again, that bad bunny entrance would be on there because fuck me, it was that good. It was crazy. Um, yeah, that backlash pay per view was great. Selena Vega, Rhea Ripley, another great. Moment, Everything so, though. I don't yeah. think there was one bad moment Love from top to show. bottom. It was like the old school pay per views when you would watch and you're like, oh yeah, you're interested in everything that's happening. Well, that actually meant okay. something. But I will I take agree. your recommendations and check it out. But then they dropped the ball again this weekend, so we're right back to where they were. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. As always, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Always love talking to you guys about wrestling. Promote whatever you want to. If you don't, I don't care. But I got to give you at least something. Go for it. Um, find me on Instagram under my name, Jesse Benz. Um, I have a Spotify radio show called Rebel Acoustics with Jesse Benz. You can find that by typing it into Spotify. Please follow it and rate it five stars. If you rate it anything less, just don't bother. Um, <laughs> Uh, what else? Uh, I'm, if, if you're British and you like blues and acoustic music and you go into a festival, I'll probably be there. Um, by the time this comes out, if you go on my Instagram and stuff, there'll be a poster with like all my tour dates going through the summer. Um, I'll pin it at the top. So if you're at any of them, come and have a drink with me. Max? I have nothing. Stay away from me. Don't look at me. Okay. Don't find me. <laughs> Piss Max off. Is off. Max is off grid nowadays. He just comes out of his little cave. Like Michael Bublé at Christmas for these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Always deliver. <coughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them, almost definitely helps me out. And please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. All right. One last thing before I let you go, gentlemen. We talked about it. The crazy anarchy match, weapons, this, this, and that. What are your favorite weapons to use or to see used in a match? I love a good kendo stick. Serious? I find those boring. First thing that popped into my head as well. That's what I used to love. Like I, I was know. obsessed with Shane McMahon back in like 2000, 2001. I just okay. fucking loved him. And so I associate kendo sticks with him back then. I know he's like out embarrassed himself greatly in recent years. Um, but Shane back then was amazing. And yeah, kendo yeah. sticks were good. K- kendo sticks have been overkilled now because they're the safest option that don't involve headshots and get the biggest reaction. So I get why they're boring now, but from a kid, they were great. And then outside of that, thumbtacks always going to pop because yes. you know what's going on. That's one line. Or any large object wrapped in barbed wire when Kenny had the yep. broom wrapped in barbed wire and he passed it to hangman 
Sold. Gimme. Yeah, that's um, that's good. I'm trying to think of anything weird, like I like bags of flour. You feel like you don't see them as what much the nowadays. What? <laughs> There used to always be like there's always be a heel who would just like have a bag and just throw white powder into like someone's face and that would blind them temporarily. Yeah, but that's because like of Mr. Fuji patented after and now it's just called Fuji dust. Yeah, Fuji dust. That's that's my weapon of choice. It's true, everyone sprays. I want someone to bring back the Fuji dust. Yeah, yeah. It's easier to do. In your trunks, boom, have my cocaine. <laughs> 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 yeah, to me, I like a good old barbed wire as well. Thumbtacks, tables. Here's my ultimate weapon of destruction. A table wrapped with barbed wire on fire. Nice. And then if you want, sprinkle a bit of thumbtacks to warm that shit up so Ooh. it goes right into your skin. Yeah, just, just one single thumbtack based on the top. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Or put one on your elbow pad and come off the top with an elbow drop. And do it that way. Oh, my God. Well, gentlemen, thank you. It's always, like I said, honor, pleasure. Always our pleasure, Steve. I don't know what we're doing next. I don't know what you want to hit up next. I guess we'll go as we go. I don't know. Maybe Forbidden Door. Who knows? Oh, yeah, we could do Forbidden Door. That'd be good. Because I'm actually, like, New Japan is the only wrestling show I regularly Ah. watch. So I actually know stuff about that. So I uh, I could bring some Japanese knowledge in and actually be of value. Yes, Jesse of Value. That is a sight to see, my friends. We'll see. That's I mean, people will definitely tune in for that. That's a uh, that's a promo. That is <laughs> awesome. On that note, he's Jesse. He's Max. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Ta da.